welcome you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. There are a lot of psychics out there, but how do you decide which one's right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's how to deal with them. And then this gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. That's how Corby works with you. As a certified tarot master, she's helped thousands of people for over 50 years through her toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, mediumship, whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, you can replace your confusion with clarity and find a little laughter along the way. Visit Corby at C-O-R-B-I-E-M-I-T-L-E-I-D.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness. And fly! It is the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. We all need this in our life. Head on over to Corby's website and let's book an appointment. Happy Thursday! School is starting next week here in California. It is so crazy. I homeschool three kids and I own two businesses and do all my side entrepreneurial shenaz and it is going to be insane so i am getting uber structured which is something that i definitely have a huge struggle with and so today's show is all about embodiment of that goddess energy and how to tap into it which i personally have been going very deep in my own practice lately for this reason that I need flow in order to find structure. I have to have that law of polarity. I have to find that balance. And I don't know about you, but having podcasts that just inspire the hell out of me are a way that I just get that push of motivation and inspiration that I need to move forward. And that is exactly what you are in for today. We have Lauren on the show and she is amazing and just wrote a book and is going to talk all about the details of embodiment and what embodiment means. I think that's one of the biggest things I hear is, great, everyone's talking about it, but like, how do I embody? How do I, what what does that mean? How do I practice that? And we're going deep today and giving you some tools to walk away with in your toolkit and start practicing right away. Her book is called Embody Your Inner Goddess, A Guided Journey to Radical Wholeness. Her book comes out on November 24th this year, and it is available for pre-sale now wherever books are sold. We also, at the end of the podcast, share her website with all of the goodness there and the freebies for you for listening to this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Lauren to the show. Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How are you? Courtney, I am so happy to be here, and I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. 
Absolutely. I have been looking forward to this podcast for a while because we are both into very similar things. Yes, I saw. (laughs) Yes. And so I love to hear just stories. I want to hear who you are and really how you stepped into your dharma and what that path looked like for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for asking. It's it's such an honor to be here and to have this conversation and, and time to connect with you. So I grew up in like an pardon, evangelical Christian home and in the Midwest. And I wouldn't say my story is super extraordinary in any way. It's just really human. And I was a really high achieving kid and really the good girl. And I put that in quotes. And right mm. around the age of 17, I like crashed and burned and fell on my face it was, um, I guess, the beginning of a spiritual awakening, you could say, although I feel like growing up and having a connection to the divine, even be it through religion, I felt awake in a way. Um, But I developed a pretty nasty eating disorder. I started struggling in school. I started just really questioning absolutely everything that I had known up until that point. And it was a super hard time for me. And I struggled for about the next 10 years or so, really just trying to figure out who I am and what I believe, what I'm good at, what my strengths are, all while trying to also heal this eating disorder, anxiety, uh, depression, even some addiction. And it's been kind of a long unfolding journey. During that time, I I went to school and dropped out several times. Um, I tried many different therapies. Um, I tried different like psychedelic drugs and things like that, more recreationally and just having having some fun with friends. Um, But all of these different little pieces kind of came together to become like who I am and to awaken me into my dharma. So I had moved around and kind of flailed and failed, but also had some fun and and had this 10-year period of healing. And I had this voice inside of me that was really telling me to go back home to to the Midwest, to Kansas City, where I live now. And so I did. And I reconnected with my family. I got really serious about my healing. I... um, got really deep into a relationship that I had formed and especially strengthened my relationship with yoga. Um, And I had this voice in my head for a long time that was telling me to become a yoga teacher. And I kind of just ignored it for a long time, thinking that it wasn't really for me, although it had been um, a sacred part of my healing. It just hadn't been something I had a lot of access to until I moved back home and had a more stable living situation. And one night I was in bed and just had so many like annoying thoughts going through my head, all of like the bad things I had ever done. And I just Mm. felt, (laughs) felt like filled with this anxiety and shame. But underneath that, I heard this voice, like, you need to become a yoga teacher. And I got out of bed, I went online, I found a yoga teacher training and booked it that night. 
Wow. Yeah. And it was several months away in Costa Rica and I wasn't sure like how I would pay for it or, or really anything about it. it just felt right. It felt like, you know, now looking back, it was goddess or the divine telling me what to do. And I was finally listening. And then she made the path pretty easy for me. Um, so I did that and started teaching a lot and just knew that it was my thing. Very soon after, I started this big pop-up yoga program in my city. And soon after that, someone provided me with a home for my own yoga studio, which is this beautiful donation-based yoga studio. And over the last decade or so, I've been uh, teaching, running that, and that's led into running international treats, running my own yoga teacher training program. Um, the pandemic is a whole other story that I don't know <laughs> if I'll go into right now. But during that time, um, I became a mom and I also started honing my coaching and intuitive skills, wrote a book. And mm. here I am today with all of these beautiful skills, living my dharma, being a mama, um, married to my love and, you know, still figuring things out too. <laughs> right. Yeah. But definitely in more of a flow, more purpose and, and a lot of joy. Oh, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about when you listened to that intuition, to that nudge, how did those doors unfold for you? Yeah, I, one, I, I don't know how I figured out like how to pay for it, but I did. <laughs> I was just nannying at the time. I wasn't using any of my education or anything like that. Uh, and my husband, who, who was my new husband at the time, was really supportive. He's a very, he's an entrepreneur and a go-getter. And he just was like, yeah, do it. Um, even though pretty much everyone else in my life thought I was crazy. Mm. Um, and when I finished the training, which I loved, my teacher had told me like, go teach. And I really took it to heart. So I just got as much experience as possible. I was driving all around town saying yes to anything I possibly could. Um, and then when the pop-up yoga program started, like that was a whole other super beautiful, interesting thing. I was kind of at the precipice of like, do we stay here where I live? Do we move? Um, like, what do we do? And it was like one warm spring day uh, in Kansas City here, or not even spring, it was winter. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to see if people want to go to this beautiful art museum that we have and do a yoga class outside. So I put it on Facebook and like 50 people showed up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, uh, you know, really mind blowing for me at the time. And I was like, okay, this is something. I did it again the next week and the class doubled in size. And then I started envisioning this like home for this like beautiful donation-based trauma-informed yoga because nothing like that existed in our city. And it was truly within like two months that someone out of the blue offered me a space. Mm. So I'll say like not everything has happened that easily um, in listening to my intuition or those whispers, but that was certainly an indication at the time that like, yes, you're on your path, you're in your flow, keep doing this. Stay and, right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, and then the pandemic, what inspired you to write your book? Mm, so much. <laughs> so, I mean, we all have different pandemic stories, right? It, I don't think it didn't touch anyone. Like every single person has been affected Absolutely. by it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a few months before, I really had this strong, again, another intuition or whisper that I was not listening to for a long time, kind of just flitting it away of having a baby. And it's something I wanted when I was young, but um, kind of into my marriage, just pushed it aside um, for career. And my husband's older and there were just reasons not to do it. But it started coming up for me again. And a few months before Uh, the pandemic. So toward the end of 2019, I talked to my husband and I was like, you know what, I'm going to really speak my desires right now and let you know that this is something I want so bad. And he said, yeah. So we started trying and I literally got pregnant in March of 2020. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like just as everything was shutting down, um, I had two studio spaces at that point and they were well-established. I had to, in like three days, completely turn the model to a, to an online or virtual model. Um, and yeah, so, so things shifted really, really fast. And I had, you know, this really beautiful pregnancy while also feeling a lot of stress at the same time, not only about business and life, but about the world in general. And I felt this strong desire after she was born. And that, that's a whole other story. I had this very like intuitive, beautiful pregnancy with her and birth um, to be able to figure out a way to not be away from home all the time. Um, she and I are so soul connected mm. and she was a lot more attached um, than I thought or that I expected. And I wanted to figure out how to do more from home while also, you know, running my studio space and all of that. So I got into Dharma coaching and that led into my podcast, which led into um, some formal intuitive training. So now I have this sort of like blended hybrid life where I'm momming all the time and I'm running my studio and I have an amazing staff who do most of it. And I teach and do the teacher training. And then I also have like uh, mentoring clients and do this intuitive work. Um, I'll say that the book came as just a full download during this time. My daughter was one and I was taking her for a walk and it's been a bit on my bucket list for a long time to do this. I'm an avid reader. Um, and the whole like outline of the book basically came to me while I was pushing her in the stroller. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I got to do it. I got to do it. Like you got to, even though it doesn't feel like the easiest time to do this when the inspiration comes, you know, after all of these kind of intuitive nudges whispering to me and me taking a long time to say yes to them, uh, this one hit me and I'm like, I'm going to act right away. <laughs> so it was downloaded into me essentially. And then I wrote it over the next few months and found a publisher and it's coming out in November and available for pre-order right now. 
So tell me about it. What, what was the inspiration? How did you, what was the download that came to you with the outline? I, I need the deets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, I think all of this will probably really resonate with you and, and the work that you're already doing uh, in, in your book too, right? So it's called Embody Your Inner Goddess, A Guided Journey to Radical Wholeness. And mm. it's a self-help book and kind of feminist manifesto. And it's really meant to activate the reader to shed conditioning, to embrace their inner divinity, and to really love themselves and show up unapologetically in the world. Yes. Yeah. And I'll share something with you, which I don't think I've told anybody (laughs) at this point. Oh, I'm excited. I'm here for it. Yeah. I love to read like novels and I love like, yeah, I'm a big yoga philosophy nerd. So I've read a lot of philosophy um, I actually have a hard time like sitting down and reading a nonfiction self-help type of book. I've bought so many <laughs> over the years and I'll read a few chapters and put them down and maybe like pick it back up at a certain time. Um, and I think that's fine. So what I did though, and without really making that realization was structure this book in a way where like it comes in little bite-sized pieces. So it's meant to be read over a seven-week period with a reading every day, a um, reflection, so some journaling around the reading, and then an actual like embodiment practice so that the reader can bring the information into their physical bodies. Um, and we go through the chakra system. So we start at the root, go to the crown, and uh, the, the reader has all of this kind of experiential wisdom from it where they're able to really recognize this feminine aspect of their divinity and let it flow through every aspect of their being. And it's not really about, it's not about healing necessarily, although that could be a side effect. And it's not about self-improvement really, or self-help. It's about a self-love and acceptance and like realizing the wholeness that is already there. Hmm. I love that. And I love all coming out about tapping into, because before there, those tools just were not there. And so now having these women find their voices and use them in the world is just freaking magical. And I don't know about you, but when I was writing my book, I felt so alive and refreshed and like just in that goddess energy and fully supported as I was studying and researching how to embody each one. Did you feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love that you bring up like the different goddesses and things because that's work I've done for years, you know, before this, and it truly is life-changing to like, see all the, all of these different feminine aspects of the divine and and feel them and know them within us. It's such a powerful thing. Yeah. So it was a very um, life-changing experience for me to read the book. And I kind of had to go through the process that I'm asking others to do (laughs) while I was reading or while I was writing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's a a little bit different about this one is while I draw so much inspiration, inspiration personally from Uh, especially like different Hindu goddesses, just because I'm such a devotee of yoga, is that truly we all have our highest self or our soul, we might say, and the feminine aspect of that. So it's, it's that we each have an actual deity within us 
that isn't in any of these texts that this text is asking us to connect to and embody and enmesh with. That's amazing. When you, what is your personal deity? Um, well, it's just me, right? Um, but so one of the services I do now, which I actually didn't do before writing the book, but it it just unfolded, I suppose, is inner goddess readings. So I will bring up my client's energy and see their inner goddess. And then I work with their inner goddess to read their chakras. And you know, what they look like or what they say their name is or, or things like that, are they important? Like, yes, but only in kind of um, communicating the energy that's meant to be communicated more so than like being this like floating deity out in space. It's not <laughs> like that. Right. <laughs> um, but when I see mine, I see a lot of movement and fire. Um, and I see a lot of like white and purple. So that like hot, hot, hot heat. And it's, I'll be honest, it scares me a little <laughs> because I think I'm still in the process of embodying her. And I think it's going to be a, li- a lifetime at least. I was just going to say, I think it's a lifetime process. That's what I've come to learn. Yeah, I think it is. And it's also a lifetime of remembering and forgetting. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And remembering again. I love that. And I asked what, who your deity is. I should have worded that differently because I'm just intrigued. And I'm sure the audience too is like how you read that energy in other people and what that connection looks like and what that looks like for people who are trying to figure out like, what is this energy? So what are some tools that people in the audience can start doing before your book comes out to begin embodying this energy within them? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of tools. Um, one thing I do have toward the end of the book is a guided meditation to essentially like meet your inner goddess. And, you know, that's that's an interesting thing. So someone could just sit in meditation and ask their inner goddess to come forth. And I think when we're talking about intuition, it's really important to just trust whatever comes through. Um, from what I've seen with myself and experienced with other people is the biggest roadblock to intuition is simply not trusting ourselves. Mm. So it's whatever you see, hear, feel, uh, know, whatever, whatever your road word is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To intuition might be. So that's one of them. But really, as we go through the book, and I share my story and, and yogic wisdom and different downloads that have come through, it's mostly about deconditioning. So it's about noticing the aspects of our personalities, and our egos and what we'd consider like on the surface level ourselves. And knowing like what comes from us and what, or sorry, what comes from the divine and what comes from the outside, what comes from culture, what comes from um, conditioning, what comes from families, what comes from religion and really making that delineation of like, what is that? And then what is, who am I? What was your biggest takeaway when you were separating spirituality and religion what did that look like for you because you said when you were younger that was definitely a journey that 
Yeah, that was that was a really hard journey for me because of, you know, coming from such a devoted family, parents especially, um, of this particular religion. Yeah, I think, you know, it came in pieces as far as realizing what I believe and what I don't. And a lot of it came from like reading books and just being exposed to how other people live and what they believe. It came from conversations with friends. Um, it really just came from expanding my mind and my world. I talk about it a little bit in the book because it was something that started kind of positively for me, but ended up being more addicting was around like 16, 17, I was exposed to cannabis. And when I first started that, it really like blew my mind wide open. And I write this story about... Um, watching this movie called The Neverending Story. I love that movie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I got really high with my friends and watched that movie. And it was one of my favorites when I was little. And when I was watching it in this state, I had a panic attack because what I remembered when I was little was this like beautiful, fantastical movie where everything just seemed so realistic to me. But upon watching it as a teenager, especially who was in an altered state, (laughs) um, suddenly it looked cheap. And it looked, it was like the dragon's mouth didn't match up with his words. (laughs) And like that little thing had me questioning like my whole childhood. And I was like, (laughs) thinking about what I learned about Christianity and then what I'd actually seen, not necessarily through my family, but through like other people in the church and their behaviors that didn't line up with kindness and compassion and forgiveness and tending to the poor and tending to outcasts. Um, So I, I write like it was, it was like watching the dragon's mouth, not lining up with the words. (laughs) <laughs> that is amazing. I was I was just having a flashback of that movie. <laughs> it's I still love the movie even after oh. that experience. And then I had another like layer to this panic attack where suddenly I felt like trapped in my own skin and it was like for the first time I realized like that I wasn't I don't know how to explain it, but I was put in contact with the observer, you know, through through yoga we call it like purusha. Mm-hmm. Um, and it freaked me out. I felt trapped in my own skin. I felt like everything I'd ever known was just like not completely true. Um, but you know, after coming down and after a lot of learning over the years, I've, I've, you know, learned the philosophy behind that. And now I embrace, you know, knowing who I truly am and knowing who I'm not. So yeah, there was this delineation between, uh, religion and spirituality in there and realizing that like the divine lives within me and is not something that I need to seek outside of myself. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> I hope the story makes sense. <laughs> oh, it makes perfect sense. I'm just giggling because I think it's so funny. I was literally just talking to someone about this a couple of weeks ago. I think it's so hilarious that like we expect these like epiphany stories, right? And everyone's stories is sweat. On, like kind of what their awakening looks like because some of moments that like are the most profound catalyst in our life right like that magic in the mundane yes <laughs> it's like the never-ending story mine was the labyrinth <laughs> oh, 
I love that movie too. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. (laughs) Yes. 80s babies. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I love to give the audience stuff to walk away with that they can start implementing right away. And I think one of the biggest things that you've spoken about that I can definitely feel your passion for is stripping away limiting beliefs and things that keep us stuck. Would you mind sharing a tool that was really life-changing for you in starting that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is the first embodiment practice in my book, and it's been incredibly important to me because, uh, like I said, I have a history of eating disorders and a huge part of my recovery and then life now and life's passion is embodiment. It's being in the body and loving the body. So in this exercise, um, we go through different limiting beliefs or thoughts that we have about the body. And I asked the reader, and I've done this myself, to just write them all out, all the ugly, crappy thoughts that we have about our own bodies. Next to each thought, we write where it came from. Mm. And none of them just come out of nowhere. They come from uh, maybe our moms or our parents. Maybe they come from advertisements uh, for kids now, especially maybe they come from social media. There are so many, uh, you know, different things that tell us what our body's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to perform. And then next to each of those, we talk about, or sorry, we write um, a positive affirmation. So let's say, uh, you know, sometimes my skin flares up and I think like, oh, my red bumpy skin is so ugly. And then next to it, I write, well, like, that actually comes from only seeing beautiful Photoshop pictures of celebrities' faces and thinking that that's what our skin is supposed to look like. Mm. Next to that, I write, I love my skin. It's beautiful as it is. And it tells the story of my life. I love that. So for me, that's a really powerful way to start diving into really examining. And I think especially for for women or femmes, the body is such a, a triggering place to start, to be honest, but one of the most important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think another thing is getting curious. I know there was uh, a period for me that it was like, having to ask why for everything, anything that I would tell my kids would be like, okay, why did you tell, like, where did that come from? Like, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. And so allowing my body to be curious about everything that it was feeling or experiencing and being able to strip away what I believed versus what I was trained to believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, Curiosity for me is just one of the most important qualities to embody um, because there's so much judgment (laughs) in the world right now. And, you know, we get this programming and then we automatically react to the stimulus around us or the people around us instead Mm. of uh, being in the seat of the observer and allowing ourselves to simply be curious and maybe even to be compassionately curious. Yeah, I love that. So best place, well, one, can we pre-order your book? Let's start there. Yes. Um, So you can pre-order my book pretty much anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and some local booksellers as well. Um, And I have a few freebies. So if you go to my website, laurenleduc.com, 
pre-order my book and then fill out a little form. I have a few like meditations and, and invitations to give away. Um, so that's a great place to get a hold of me. Excellent. And then do you hang out the gram TikTok? Where's your spot? Oh, mostly the gram. <laughs> so on Instagram, I'm, I am Lauren LaDuke. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for your time for sweet baby being so good the whole podcast and for (laughs) hanging with me for the last half hour I just I love the work that you're doing in this world and I honor you for sharing it with us today yeah Courtney thank you so much for having me on it was so awesome to connect with you and I hope we get to do it again sometime you'll have to come on my podcast oh yes Oh, and share, share your podcast. Oh, we yes. can't even do that. I know. You know, I get excited about the book and then forget about everything else. Um, I have oh. a podcast with my bestie, Rashida, called Your Spiritual Besties. And we do live readings. Um, we do interviews. And then we do a lot of, like, casual chat, too. So it's a, a good place to come hang with me. <laughs> Spiritual besties. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I need a spiritual bestie. I need to come I, hang with you. I mean, we all do. When I, sorry, I know we're ending this. But no, you're when good. I was, when I was a young mom in the pandemic, like podcasts really saved my life. It helped me just like feel connected to people and listening to like interesting adult conversations. So this is very much meant to be that. Like we are a very like open-minded, casual place to hang. <laughs> oh, and it's so needed. Yes. Podcasts save lives. I think they do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. We need connection. That's how we're supposed to be that collective healing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you, Lauren, so much. And we will definitely be in touch soon. Yeah. Thank you so much, Courtney. It is time to alchemize. I am so excited to announce our next retreat is happening September 21st through September 25th. And everything is available and up and ready to go for your ticket purchase on our website, www.thesweetestlittlelife.com. This retreat is so special because one, we are holding it in Lake Shasta, which is a sacred spot. We're visiting the vortexes, we're channeling this energy, we're meeting with shamans, we're doing all the things. But to make it even more special, it is the last retreat on our seven stages of alchemy. This retreat is about bringing your trauma all the things that are holding you back in life and alchemizing it into something magical. We are going to cover so much in this retreat. This is about igniting your passion and embracing your purpose. It's about unleashing your personal power and finding your true self, discovering the strength and the wisdom within you and empowering you to trust your own intuition and what that looks like in listening to the intuition versus listening to the ego. It's rediscovering your true identity and embracing your calling and remembering who you truly are and discovering what your purpose is in this lifetime, how to step into that dharma and awaken the inner divinity and receive enlightening guidance. It is so hands-on. This is sacred and special to me, and I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to The Sweetest Little Life today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, feeling a little bit more lighter, a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button. 
as always please sharing is caring we love to hear your thoughts we love to get feedback um, guest recommendations all the things and if you're not subscribed hit that little subscribe button before you leave today and until next time we will be hanging out soon